Do you remember the planet with the sentience made out of meat? Uh, yes, and I also remember we agreed to never mention it again. We have a problem. The meat learned how to use the tubes. What? How? They can't do that. They're made of meat. Well, they modified their special meat containers to leave sea space long enough to ride the tube's interstellar distances. Oh, oh, okay. Well, you had me scared there for a second, so just the rim of the tubes, not actual end space. But... But besides, even if they make it to a nearby star system, they can't live outside their meat-specific ecosystem for long. Uh, yeah, about that. What? They altered the ecosystems of dozens of planets in order to support sentient meat life. The... what? Those vandals! I know, it's like watching the plague break out, but it gets worse. Worse? How could it be worse than wholesale ecological alteration? They've made contact with other sentients. What, like that hydrogen core cluster intelligence? Uh, no. Uh, other meat. Oh. 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 Oh, no. You mean there's more of them? At least four kinds. And all of them are made of meat? Every single one. How did we miss them all? None of the others were broadcasting as much radio as the first meat type. Overlord, you two are in a whole lot of trouble. Now, now, hang on. Let us explain. Uh, no, no, and, and, and quickly, quickly, the Hyperlord called me to let me know that there was an unreported in-space incursion from your sector. <laughs> yeah, that would have been good to know. I was coming to that. Uh, so, so, let me get this straight. A sentient race tries to break the light barrier, and somehow you two idiots missed it. But, but, Overlord... I mean, we can't have sentients blundering about it in space like they're the only ones there. They could pulverize any number of superluminal beings. That's why we make proactive first contact. Yes, but, Overlord... We are required, and I quote, to contact, welcome, and log in any and all sentient races and multi-beings without prejudice, fear, or favor. Sir, if, if you could just... The Lord basically told me to come here, fire the both of you, and fix this myself. And unless you two ninnies give me one good reason not to... They're, they're made, made out of meat. meat. Uh, come again? The sentients in this sector, they're made out of meat. Uh, what? Like like they thought, like the Wedeli? With the meat head in the electron plasma brain? Sort of disgusting, if you ask me, but you know. Uh, no, Overlord, and not like the meat larval stage of the Orpholi, either. They're all 100% meat from birth to death. Oh my god. Well, well, we can't very well leave them alone, can we? Mucking about so close to end space? So, uh, so what are you going to say to the meat, sir? What? Me? Seriously? Talk to meat. Uh, that's right. I mean, if you're going to overturn our findings, you'll have to relieve us. And that puts you in charge of the first contact. Well, well pre preposterous. I mean, the very notion. Uh, one, one second, sir. We've isolated the frequencies that the meat machines use to send the meat flapping noises. Uh, there we go. This transmission orb is set to broadcast. But, but, but I'm not going to talk to meat. You stumbled into this. You take care of it. Uh, but, sir, officially, according to our mission records, the meat doesn't exist. And if you are going to contradict our official reports, we'll have to be dismissed. Leaving me holding the bag. <laughs> so what do you suggest? Well, Overlord, you could be just as 
confused as we were about the Endspace incursion. And as far as we know, the meat never actually made it into Endspace. It happened several meat lifespans ago, and they haven't tried since. Yep, maybe they gave up. Exactly, and you know how meat is. Give them a few more lifespans. <laughs> and they'll probably eat each other. Precisely. Mmm, okay, mmm, mmm, jolly good, jolly good. I'm leaving you two in charge of this. Make sure the meat doesn't make it to end space again. My job depends on this, so your jobs depend on this. Yes, Overlord. Oh, 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 and one more thing. Find out if the meat is tasty. Tasty? I know of a certain carnivorous ion cloud two clusters over. If the various meat species get close to blowing our little secret... We might have to introduce an invasive species. <laughs> My portside thrusters won't stop firing. I think I'm being followed. My dad is turning green, like literally green. My last nav check put me on Lagrange Point 4. This is Control, via radio. Keep calm and remain on the guard frequency. Greetings, sits and sieves. You're tuned to the guard frequency. As all good pilots know, when you're out in the deep black, you want to keep one ear on the guard. This is episode 25 and was recorded live on May 31st and made available for download June 3rd at guardfrequency.com. I'm Tony. I'm Jeff. And I'm Lennon. First things first, we want to acknowledge our inspiration for the opening sketch. It's a classic short story by Terry Bison called They're Made Out of Meat, first published in Omni magazine in 1990. We have the links to both the story and the YouTube adaptation of it in the show notes. All right, thanks, Jeff. What do we have this week, Lennon? In this week's Squawk Box, we check out an in-engine walkthrough of the Bengal Carrier. Only it's not in the CryEngine. In CIG News, we bring you everything that's happening around the UEE, including our weekly crowdfunding update, the latest in universe fiction, 10 for the Chairman, episode 22, and the penultimate episodes of both Wingman's Hangar and The Next Great Starship. And if that wasn't enough, we're joined by CIG's community manager, Ben Lesnick, for a very special episode of Where the F*** is the Dogfighting Module. But we will be talking about more than that. In this week's Nuggets for Nuggets, we've got another special guest, as we're joined by our community manager, Chivalry Bean. He'll run down a few of the lasting memes from the six dozen or so episodes of Wingman's Hangar as we send that show off into the deep black. And finally, we tune into the feedback loop and let you join in on the conversation. Sits and Sis, we're always on the lookout for talented individuals to come and join our crew here at Guard Frequency. And we especially are looking for an audio engineer to come and join the team here and assist with our weekly shows. So if you've got a creative itch that needs scratching, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email with your experience and what you'd like to bring to the table to squawk at guardfrequency.com. That's S-Q-U-A-W-K. Please remember that all positions here at Priority One Productions are voluntary. This is a labor of love. But we do look great on a CV or resume. And that takes care of all the housekeeping, so let's get to the show and see what's coming through the school box. Do you boys need a carrier out here? Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. This is Tony saying welcome to the Squawk Box, everyone. This week we heard from one of our listeners who wanted to share how he's been killing time waiting for the dogfighting module. He, like Lennon, has been playing a bit of Space Engineers. Now, unlike Lennon, who has probably been building goat pens and pirate ukuleles, a citizen or civilian VT Kegger writes in and says, 
I've been wanting to fly these ships from Star Citizen so badly that I've started creating them in Space Engineers. I tried to build them with as much detail as possible. Here's some of the stuff I've been working on. A Bengal Carrier, work in progress. A Drake Caterpillar. A Drake Cutlass. An RSI Aurora LN. I attempted a Constellation, but wasn't happy with it. I may try again now that there are more types of blocks to build with, like glass. For the time being, though, this Bengal Carrier is going to have me occupied for some time. Hope you all enjoy. See you in the verse. The Bengal is pretty impressive. I'm enjoying looking at that. Yeah. It, it starts with the superstructure and works its way down. It's pretty, pretty impressive. Yeah, I really loved how he's got the multi-tiered bridge as well. Mm-hmm. And how you can see down the interior modeling is really, really good. And I know that you guys haven't played Space Engineers, but what he's done here, I can only presume that this guy doesn't sleep, doesn't eat and might occasionally have to go to work to afford an internet connection because there is a serious amount of work that has gone into doing this and even choosing the right angle of panels. And like you said, glass is actually, strangely, it's a new invention. Until then, the vacuum of space was about as good as you could get for looking out somewhere. I, I thought um, it was but, uh, transparent aluminum. Uh, no, this one is definitely listed as bulletproof glass. Uh, oh. they, they did miss a trick there. You're right, transparent aluminum mm. or aluminium to be British about the whole thing that would have definitely been much better. But yeah, even things like the Caterpillar that he's done and the Cutlass, they are so close to the actual RSI models. I was comparing a lot of this with the screenshots that we've had and everything that's available that RSI have officially put out and the accuracy that this guy's managed to do in what is effectively a really low polygon game is Mm -hmm. just it's incredible it's really really good so you guys should check this out well and like i say it just again goes to show the extreme creativity of everybody in diverse and once cig gets the tools into the hands of some of these people i mean there's really no telling what they're going to do this isn't even the right game this isn't the right engine it's not the right anything and boy if we get these people into the verse with these tools the longevity of this game i believe is assured have you read, seen, or heard something you think might be interesting to other citizens or civilians? Send an email to squawk at guardfrequency.com. Now let's check out some CIG news. 3175 Port Bay, hands on approach, checker screen, call the ball. Don't get technical with me. Our crowdfunding update, 44,387,000. Uh, kind of up and down this week. Big spike on the 28th, just in time to generate a lot of disappointed pleasures which are now at about 458,000. So it spiked up a little bit from last week. Just stay with us, everybody. It's almost there. Alpha slots are just as unavailable as hair on Lennon or Shiv, but there's still those Arena Commander passes available for 5 bucks. It's like a toupee, but better. In 10 for the Chairman, Episode 21, Chris takes yet more questions from subscribers, and so we've cherry-picked the best of the best, or the best of the 10. We learn that NPCs will have different levels of skill that will be able to gauge by reading eBay-like performance reviews. Things like excellent marksmen, but we won't see behind-the-scenes numbers. We also hear that in big battles, we'll be able to return to our capital ships or carriers to refuel, rearm, or repair, which in version 1.1 of the dogfighting module will be platforms. And finally, there will be ancient ruins, derelict ships, space wrecks, and other cool stuff We'll be able to get some cool items that we can use to build something. But when it comes to alien life, well, we can't do any experiments on them. But when a new alien species is released, players will be the ones making first contact with them. I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. They're going to just 
put the aliens out there and like, oh, hey, everybody, we charted a new jump plane system. You know, go see if there's any minerals or something there. You know, whatever. Go see what happens. And then some poor sot's going to wander into the guns of some random alien ship and get blown to smithereens. And then we'll have a new war in our hands. And that's this week's community question. Does Star Citizen need some sort of prime directive? Should we be allowed to interfere in alien cultures, or should we let them take their own paths and eventually make contact with us? Do you think there needs to be a set of ground rules for making contact with aliens, or should it be a shoot-first, ask-questions-later type approach? Let us know your thoughts by commenting on this episode's show post over at the Guard Frequency website, or on the Robert Space Industries fansite subforum. And on Wingman's Hangar, number 71, the next to last Wingman's Hangar. Uh, take a, yes, yes, get, to, get your Kleenexes out. We're going to wave goodbye to the Wingman as he sails off into the deep black. But first, we're going to take apart some forum feedback that he and Rob Irving did. For the first version of the dogfighting module, loadouts will be pre-configured by CIG for balance and testing reasons. The ability to customize weapon loadouts will be added later on. Quickly. CIG have done some balance passes, trying to equalize the ships. The Aurora, for example, has better missiles than the Hornet, but not as many of them. There's not going to be any keybinding customization for the first iteration of the dogfighting module. That's, I guess, one list of things that they don't have to go through and check and fix. Then there will be various starting points in the Persistent Universe. Currently eight, but that's subject to change. RSI brings us three pieces of fiction this week. First up, news update, Plain Truth, where we hear of a bounty that was placed on someone for stealing a ship which led to the death of the person in question. Should there have been a bounty placed on such a minor crime? Well, that's the debate at hand. Next up, Galactic Guide to the Bearing Applied Technology. The company responsible for capital class turrets, rail guns, and a few black ops tech pieces, none of which they can comment on, obviously. This article introduces us to BAT and their history, along with some hints of what the future may bring. And finally, the first run, a Sorry Lyrics Delivery Episode 7. Sorry finally makes it through the jump point and is picked up by Dario, only then to find herself aboard his freelancer and pinned in by the Second Sons and the Star Devils. Will Sorry and Dario get out of this pinch? Well, we'll have to tune in next week to find out. In the latest edition of Fan Spotlight, we've been brought a roundup of some of the best Star Citizen podcasts out there. Or so we thought. Lennon has just one question. Lennon? Where the f*** is the guard frequency? Oh, that's so true. We'll get to that in just a few moments with Mr. Lesnick. All the shows on the list are top-notch, so we think we'd highly recommend all of you check them out. And then come right back here. You can find all the links, of course, in our show notes. And as you have all no doubt heard, Arena Commander has suffered from a a few delays. Initial projections said May 29th, if all went well. And unfortunately, it looks like it didn't all go well. We expect you've been keeping up with the latest developments to this highly anticipated module, but we're just going to give you a brief rundown of the situation so far in case you missed it. So... On May 28th, a meeting called a Go No Go was held, where the devs gathered around a table and debated the state of the dogfighting module in a style very similar to NASA and a shuttle launch. They decided that actually it was best to hold off on release until the game is in a bit more of a stable state. Initial bugs include the Vandal Swarm. Display drivers can crash when the Vandals spawn. Lag and feedback and update of the essential game events, resulting in increasing divergent multiplayer sync. On the 29th, fixed GFX crash uh, produced a new one. Dogfighting module, multiplayer, camera, after respawn character is stuck looking up. On the 30th, all looks good. Go, no-go meeting is on Monday. Well, if all goes well, 
By the time you get this download, you might be playing the dogfighting module. But until then, we have to find out what the next ships in the game are going to be, and that's where we get the next great starship. The last two contestants, Infinite Hue Monkey and Shard Collective, were the last two standing. And at the end of the day, Shard Collective was the last of the bunch. We would go through our usual bit, but we've got a pretty long show this week. In the end, I think, based on our previous comments that we've all made, Infinite Shoe Monkey just wasn't the right flavor of ship for the for the gunship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think they did a lot of good work in taking the judges' feedback on board and altering everything that was a bit wrong with it, like the texturing and the, the effectively the paint job on it. They completely redid that, and they did do a lot of good work towards it. But yeah, I'm glad the Shard Collective ship won, because out of the two of them, like you said, it is definitely more of the gunship. Well, I got a comment on Infant Shoe Monkey. I was really impressed by this in-game, uh, the scale and the look and the blockiness of it really stood out. It really upped my perception. I don't think it changed my perception, but it sure upped my perception of it. I'm a bit put off by the last two entries or the two head-to-heads. They both are very similar in design. I was hoping to get something uh, very truly unique from one another so that we'd have more of a pick. But I think that all contestants did very well, and I think that it'll be great to hopefully see third and fourth place winners uh, maybe get in some of their ships into the verse, too. Sometime down the road. But, Jeff, you make an excellent point. I mean, the two ships from Shark Collective and Four Horsemen are kind of like two different versions of the same ship. You know, it's like uh, someone gave them both an outline and said, here, make a ship that looks like this. You know, large central fuselages, large engine pods on the wings. It, it, it's not going to give us the kind of this versus that that I'd hope to see at the finale. Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, they were effectively given the same design brief and the same design specs, which is, you know, it has to be a gunship that can support yeah, X number of Marines. But you don't have so to have w- engines on the wingtips. Oh, you know, no, no, You don't no. have to copy the Osprey exactly. No, no, no. I, I completely agree. But I guess what I'm trying yeah. to say is that given the fact that they were both entered into the same competition for the same base specs, that they would have naturally sort of gravitated towards the same point. I mean, if you take things like Team Cryo, it was a really good concept that sort of shield mechanic but i can kind of see why it didn't get to this stage in the competition because it's just there's only one guy speaking of which the conspicuous absence of the three dingo team as i had opined a couple of shows ago there might have been some personnel issues turns out man i'm tired of being right apparently there was only one guy on that team for the last three months only one guy working on it you know with any sort of regularity uh but he's only working on three hours of sleep a night but that poor guy turned out a heck of a ship. Oh yes, and just couldn't just couldn't drag it over the finish line. So uh, that's another one. Like Jeff was mentioning, I hope we see that in the verse someday. He'll get my vote for the third place because um, yeah. I've liked that ship for a long time. Yeah, I think out of all the third place pool, I think three dingo just they're so far ahead of everybody else that's in that pool that I can't see how they wouldn't go through. Even Talon? Um, yeah, yeah. I'm Three Dingo, I've had this weird love-hate relationship all the way through with it. I mean, to begin with, when it first came out, and they were the uh, last-minute entry where it was a surprise on the next great starship, and the team had to decide, is this going to go through or isn't it? You've got 10 seconds, go. Um, mm-hmm. I looked at the ship, and I wanted it. Uh, there and then, I would have just given money. I, I must have that ship. 
then as they went through the design phase i don't know it just lost its appeal i don't know if they went slightly on a different direction or whatever but i then started to not like it as much and then come around to the final the video that they've put out for the third place for me it's back to that i would hand over my money right now if i could get one of these ships so yeah i realized that if you go back and listen to the past episodes of guard frequency i have been so inconsistent with my thoughts on the three dingo ship but uh, when it's come to it when you see it in engine when you see how beautifully it's rendered then yeah i i just think that there is no way that this wouldn't win over something like talon corp and that's not to say i don't like the talon corp design i love it i think it's a fantastic look it's got quite a unique silhouette but this one just looks so much more believable i guess is the term that i'm really looking for talon corp kind of looks a little bit matte a little bit plasticky this one actually looks like every single component's been thought out it's all moving parts and so on this one for me is uh definitely my third place winner jeff who's your favorite third place infinite shoe monkey really yeah yeah i really the other the others they're very close too but i like infinite shoe monkeys better well there we go another two one split here on guard frequency london and i are, are pulling for three dingo jeff is pulling for infinite hue monkey i guess we'll find out who's right and who is stupid <laughs> Tony, I know that we've got Ben Lesnick coming on in a little bit. Do you think I should ask him where the f*** is the dogfighting module? I think you should hold that question until Ben comes on. I yeah, you definitely need to ask him that. I, I will do. I will do. Well, with the latest updates from CRG News done, let's go and have a chat with our community manager, Shivery Bean, in this week's Nuggets for Nuggets. You have all flown before, but you're about to enter a whole new world, so pay attention. That means get on your feet, Nuggets. Hello, Sits and Sieves, and welcome to Nuggets for Nuggets. This is our little section of the show where we like to delve into all the gory details of Star Citizen and give you everything that we can find from the inside out. Bit of a fair warning, though, this game is still in active development, so everything that we say is subject to change. Except perhaps this week. As everybody knows, Wingman's Hangar is unfortunately coming to a close. So we thought that we would invite on our community manager, Justin Shivery Bean Lowmaster. Say hello to everybody, Justin. Hello to everybody, Justin. Well, let's see, we, we train him well here at Guard Frequency. We do. We do. To bring you some of the memes that have been floating around through the episodes of Wingman's Hangar and just, uh, you know, a bit of reminiscence over our time. An archive, if you will, uh, for all the latecomers and the new people so that they can look back and be as informed as the KG veterans are when they join Star Citizen six months from now, a year from now. So, Justin, what have we got first? First, one of the most iconic parts of Wingman's Hangar is the lamp. During their 24-hour live streaming funding event, the devs thought it was a good idea to get dinner, and instead of just leaving without any notice, they put out a lamp on the table, an Ikea lamp that said, you know, be right back. And then, of course, when there's a bunch of people on the internet looking at a video of a lamp, people are going to start worshipping the lamp or declaring their love to the lamp. You know, what the internet does. Mm -hmm. And the lamp all by itself or herself raised $170,000 just sitting there saying be right back wow can we borrow that lamp for our uh, future fundraising efforts yeah. we can get one at Ikea mm -hmm. and I believe that you can actually get the lamp in the hangar now can you not is it not being added as a as an item I believe you can alright what else you got there Shiv give another, another tried and true meme uh, the black bar if you just were to see it you'd be like 
what is going on. They're showcasing some motion capture equipment, and they had a female model who was on screen, and she had a black bar across her torso. I don't know if it was required or not. I don't think that's ever been discussed. But later on, Wingman came on screen with, you know, a cardboard black bar. People would send in videos with a black bar for laughs. So this is like taking a page from the uh, Jimmy Kimmel Unnecessary Censorship playbook there? Yeah. There's also a senior microphono. He's a silver microphone that sits on Wingman's desk. And there was a time where nobody was there and the microphone was there hitting on the lamp. I don't know where this name came from, but just became another character. And even on the later episodes, even though he's not plugged in anymore, he's still there. He's still there. In the same place that Conan O'Brien or Jay Leno would have a microphone, senior microphone yep. All right. What else have we got? There's some more well-known fan contributors sending in videos. There was more than I could list. These are just the top three or so. Uh, there's Legante. He was the first one I remember as I watched all the Wingman's hangers from beginning. To yeah, because you went on a marathon, didn't you? You started. You did, yeah. You went on a marathon. Like episode 50, and you were like, you know what? I love this show so much. I'm going to start from number one. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So Legante, he's a mysterious figure. He wears a gas mask. There's even video of him trying to eat with his gas mask on. <laughs> he got kind of upset and disappointed. <laughs> It seems he lives somewhere where it's pretty inhospitable, seems almost post-apocalyptic. And then we've got Kinshadow. He's more of a shady character, dangerous, probably a pirate or mercenary. And it turns out he's the one who's been hunting Legante. So they have this thing back and forth. Uh. And there was a time where they tried to make up you know, right there with Senior Microfono. And inevitably, they came to blows. And I don't, I don't know if they've ever made up or they're just still after each other. Mm. But they were like, came to fisticuffs and everything. Oh, man. So so it's 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 basically a blood feud. Yep. Oh, dear. That's such a shame. So such a shame. Try not to be between the two if, if you ever see them both. Then we have Disco Lando. He's based on a character you may have heard of from a popular sci-fi franchise. He's kind of obscure. Yeah. He's you know, a minor character. Minor character. Minor character. Oh, you, you're talking about one of these ones from a long time ago, like in a galaxy. Yeah. Far, far yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like he owned a whole cloud city or anything. Disco Lando, he's, he's well known among the ladies, but it's tough for debate whether he gets around a lot or he just gets rejected a lot. But it's my personal opinion that if there ever was an NPC shortage, Disco Lando would be the first volunteer to help rebuild the population. So if we suddenly see an influx of people wearing blue capes, we'll know that Disco Lando has been at work. Yes. Okay, what else have we got, Shiv? Last on this list is the Colonial Movers. They are a shipping company. If you need to get something from point A to point B, these are the people who can get the job done. If you like your job getting done with frequent dangerous encounters and comic relief. Stuff was always malfunctioning, getting attacked. They even once transported a package from Kinshadow to Legante, but unfortunately activated early before it was delivered. And some other staples of the show, things you might hear about, are Wingman's Nuts... That was the original name for the show. It didn't stick. That's probably yeah, a good thing. Yeah, I wonder why that is. <laughs> His nuts didn't stick. <laughs> We've also got Wingman's nose cam. It was just a yellow safety helmet with a light and a camera. He would fly around. The first time was a bit like watching Cloverfield. Also, probably the number one thing you'll see in every Wingman's hangar is mispronunciation. Wingman would frequently find an incorrect way to pronounce a name before finally getting to an additional way to mispronounce a name. <laughs> so, and he would usually ask, you know, how many hard names did you give me for foreign feedback? It was something he was well aware of and I'm sure did it as badly as possible on purpose. Jeff, thanks for doing all the research, watching all uh, 70 episodes of Wingman's Hangar to bring the uh, big memes. Appreciate all your work on that. Well, it was fun to do and glad to help the new people figure out what we're talking about. 
All right. Well, with Nuggets for Nuggets out of the way, let's get to the show's highlight with our interview with CIG's community manager, Ben Lesnick. Authenticate identity with recognition codes immediately. I am a cipher, a cipher wrapped in an enigma, smothered in secret sauce. Welcome, welcome to our special guest this evening, Mr. Ben Lesnick of CIG, Community Manager for Star Citizen. How are you doing tonight, Ben? Oh, not too bad. Now, as is tradition here at Guard Frequency, uh, this part of the show, um, going back all the way to the long-lost days of January 2014, we've been running a little segment every week. Jeff and Lennon and I share what we've been doing while waiting for a, a new game to come out that we've been anticipating. It's all in good fun. It's just for kicks, but... But this time, this time we may we may want an answer. So, Lennon, if you do the honors, certainly, um, Mr. Ben Lesnick, sir. Where the f- is the dogfighting module? <laughs> Why? I, I could not have predicted you would ask me that. I'm pretty confident that this will be the last episode of the show you record before the dogfighting module comes out. Woohoo! I, I checked with Travis this afternoon to see how everybody was doing. It's looking good. The, the bugs they had been looking at yesterday seem to have been eliminated properly. There are a couple others they're trying to work out today, but Monday morning we'll have a no-go chat with uh, Chris Roberts. He says, go, we'll go. Okay. All right. Well, another weekly feature of our show is the coverage of Wingman's Hangar, which will be airing its final episode this week. But you're taking on its replacement around the verse. Tell us what your plans are for the show. Uh, my plan is to basically continue the tradition that Wingman's Hangar set. If I come off as one-tenth as excited about Star Citizen as he does every week, I'll, I'll consider that a victory. We're taking the formula. We're going to try to interact with the community more. We're going to show you a side of the Star Citizen team you haven't been able to see before. Probably get you more in touch with this, uh, sort of the nerve center of the game development. And uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So do you see yourself as a continuation of Wingman's Hangar? Do you see more of you being your own show? I see it as a continuation of Wingman's Hangar. I mean, Wingman wants to get back to production. The game's getting bigger. We're trying to fill his shoes. We're not, we're not trying to eclipse him. Well, yeah, I wanted to ask about that a little bit. I mean, you know, Eric Peterson signed on to help build a game, and he just sort of grew into this broadcast god, and it just sort of took on a life of its own, kind of like the game did. Was it something he was just like, man, I can't do this anymore? Or was it just the whole team looked at it and said, we really need you back on the stick on the production side. Just it's gotten to be too big. I think it's more the latter. I could definitely see that he was getting tired of it to some degree, but I, he, he loves it. He loves the fans. We'll be having him back as often as we possibly can. Definitely the latter, though. We need him working on the game. Right. And he's got, you know, he's got a big crew there down in Austin and it's only getting bigger. When I was down there, he said he was 20% of his week. He was trying to make sure the community stuff wasn't taking up more than that. But that's that's still a hefty amount of time for a guy that's got to run a company. Yeah, it's getting much, much bigger out there. I, I don't even know half the people in Austin anymore. It's kind of strange. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I think of the group of you know 30 people who shared that basement when I was there and it's, it's a big company now. I've got to know, though, Ben, if you are doing the continuation of Wingman's Hangar, have you got his ability to butcher names down to a fine art yet? Oh, I, I am great at butchering names, uh, ideas, uh, places. It, if it can be written down, I can butcher it. But I, I should stress that I, it's not just me replacing Wingman. We're going to have uh, Sandy, Chelsea, Travis, basically the whole whole team here in L.A., including the guys in Manchester and Austin as we go forward, too. 
So is it going to be more along the lines of uh, like a rotation, like this week's uh, L.A., this week's Manchester, this week's Austin, or is it just going to be kind of sprinkled in with whoever has time or some new shiny to show? Basically that. When we have something cool to show, we'll, we'll cut over to that uh, office. And cool. the show is going to be back to the roots of Wingman's Hangar with a lot of the community-type stuff built into it from yeah, the get-go. Uh, no standing set. We're going to do it right from our desks in L.A. We're going to bring back the fan videos, the stuff fans have done. We want to show off the ships they've designed. We want to share podcasts like this. And in addition to that, there is going to be the sensible part, for want of a much better term there, um, the inside <laughs> CIG and all that. That's going to continue as its own show, its own segment. It is. We'll be breaking that out on Fridays. I don't know if we'll have one every Friday, but that's kind of the, our goal. And th- those will be the, the more produced, fancier pieces that show off uh, AI, new planets we're building, anything like that. Okay, and what day is Around the Verse scheduled to be released on yet, or is that still in discussion? Uh, no, it, it'll be following Women's Hangar directly, so uh, I think the first show is Wednesday the 11th. Basically the Wednesday after the next Great Starship finale is yep. when we'll have the first episode up? That's right. Um, we, we're actually going to shoot it next week just so we have a couple days. We, normally we're going to shoot Monday or Tuesday before it airs. Uh, this week we're, we're doing early, early because it's, it's everybody's first time. Are you able to give us any spoilers about what we might see in the first episode? Um... No, because it's act- it's going to oh. tie into uh, another surprise we have coming. Hopefully, <laughs> oh, uh, I like surprises. The TNGS finale. So you'll, you'll have oh, to wait so for there'll that. be a surprise at the TNGS finale. Assuming and a surprise from the surprise. Assuming everything goes as planned. What else can you tell us about the show? No, no spoilers. You talked about all the guests you're going to have on. Do you have like segment ideas? Is there going to be you know uh, we're going to see more forum feedback, fan focus? We're doing both of those things. Um, forum feedback changing a little bit, so it'll have a specific dev each week. First week is going to be okay. uh, Travis, who's been uh, killing himself on the uh, dogfighting module. So people will be able to ask basically questions of the hosts and whoever the dev of the week is. So we want kind of focused questions. Uh, basically, we're taking all the disciplines we have in LA, which is a lot of programmers, we've got physics guys, technical designers, we've got our writers, uh, Dave Haddock kind of forming segments around them so you can see what they've been up to for the past uh, year and a half while you've kind of gotten to know the Austin family. Great, great, great. So so kind of a nuggets for nuggets. Yeah. See, Tony, this is what I told you before. Nobody ever talks to the server network guy. I talk oh, to the server network guy. Well, that's because I'm on every week. And actually, and off camera, I talk to um, Mike. Is that Mike, yes. Mike Jones? Yes. Yeah. Actually, that, that's something I want to get across in the new show is all these people you don't necessarily meet. I, I sit right next to our IT guy in Austin, Dennis. He has some great stories. Mm-hmm. I want you to know those guys. Okay, great, great. Well, we're getting into some uncomfortable topics then. Because what I need to know right now is that did you leave us off the list of awesome Star Citizen podcasts because we hadn't asked you on yet? Is that why? No, no, we can blame James Pugh for that. Uh, yes. He has okay. taken over right. his Thursday great. updates. The, the fan spotlights on the website are all all James. Okay. I keep wanting to take credit because everybody says, oh, you put my podcast on. Thank you so much. So I've, I've been telling them it's James. So when it's somebody complaining, I will also tell them it's James. Credit and blame. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I like it. That is that the, the good and the bad. So we have to get after Mr. Pugh about that. I'll tell you what. He has heard from enough people, I think, in the last couple of days who have been saying, well, you didn't include my one. You didn't include my one. That he has uh, <laughs> learned his lesson there. <laughs> <laughs> look for uh, podcast wow, list yeah. two coming next thursday <laughs> oh good <laughs> these are all the people that are going to get a bouquet of flowers and some chocolate whoops so ben if, if you're going to hang out for a little bit i'll tell you what we'll do maybe we'll open it up uh, to the chat roll a little bit and let That'd them ask some questions see if they can tease you out dark fly wants to know ben do you like bacon 
I do like bacon. Oh, here's a good question. Uh, will we get control binding options and more advanced graphic options in the DFM? You will as we go on. Not with the date, but by V1. Gornax wants to know, on a scale of 1 to 10, how bad is the smell in the QA pit? Uh, well, luckily that's in Austin, and uh, there's a reason I left. So. <laughs> <laughs> and it's in Texas anyway, so they probably don't notice. All right. It, it is hot, and at, at least when we were in that tiny office with uh, 30, 40 people, it had an interesting bouquet. One of the questions that came up was kind of along the lines of what I was going to ask, so I'll ask theirs and then I'll follow with mine. Chef wants to know, what's the funniest bug that has happened in the dogfighting module? One of the things I find with the bug list is, for someone who does not program, they can be absolutely ridiculous. So you'll be list, reading lists of things, and the game crashes when missile comes into view, game crashes when player's destroyed, game loads without player legs. I don't understand how this stuff happens, but you, you tell programmers, like, oh, well, of course that would happen. We changed this. And it's one I've seen lately. I don't know what causes this, but William, who sits to the right of me, whenever he logs into his hangar to try the dogfighting module, for whatever reason, his uh, his, his gray cab buggy is just driving itself. It like speeds across the screen, hits the wall, and kind of flips every single time. And it's just on his machine. <laughs> the haunted gray cab buggy would have to be my answer. <laughs> Excellent. And uh, the question that I was going to ask is, um, obviously you're well known for bringing the MVP to the weekly shows like Wingman Sanger. What would be the funniest comment that you've come across on the forums? Dancing Ben. Dancing Ben's a good one. Yes. Dancing Ben is great. Who was the guy who put all of our faces on planets for some reason? And mine was the best fear, and it was like orbited by my wife and William. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know where that came from, but the it's trinary been, system. <laughs> it's become part of like every day. We we reference the Benosphere constantly now. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna have your own show now, so you will have a Benosphere. Maybe you should rename it to that. There you go. Forget around the verse. Just yeah, that, that'd go over great with the team. <laughs> Random task asks: Are there any plans to have burled wood paneling in the 300i? Ooh. Uh, no, hmm. no. Fancy. <laughs> There's not. <laughs> We're getting a lot of PMs, so I'm, I'm just going to have to ask just two words. Freelancer variants. Um, soon. With a TM? Yeah, but we're almost getting ready to drop that TM. Ooh. 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 Any, I like. Any, any rough ETA? Obviously, all things being well. No, I, I think uh, I think we are not going to share any dates until we are absolutely <laughs> okay. certain at this point. Yeah. You got to do it from time to time, but man, does it hurt! It can really hurt. Yeah. Uh, if, if you can't, if you can't hit it. On the other hand, I mean, people are learning how this process works, and I think we're doing some goodwill sharing the bug lists. I was going to save that for the show proper, but if you're going to bring it up now, we'll just we'll just do it now. I thank you because I've been involved in projects on both the under the gun to deliver and pointing the gun at people wanting them to deliver, and the difference it makes when you tell people every single day, look. Here are the problems that are left. Here's the progress we've made to fix the problems. You know, it makes the waiting easier and it takes some of the pressure off when you're trying to deliver. If you say, look, I'm going to take an hour every day and just give you a status report and tell you where it's at. It really helps. So good on you I'm guys. Glad. We're definitely learning as we go in that respect. There was a lot of fear early on that if, if we share incredibly technical details like that, we'll not understand. But I think we're getting a good balance. Martin the Green would like to know, how much can you customize a ship's look with its colors and decals, etc.? Um, are you able to make it stand out from the stock model, maybe some sort of kit bash style like they have on Star Trek? 
At this point, with uh, Dogfighting V8, you won't customize your ship. That's all stuff that's going to come as we go on, more with the Persistent Universe. Uh, but you, you will be able to select skins, armaments, uh, and hopefully colors, decals also. That There's some technical hurdles we have to get across, but uh, you, absolutely it will happen. Okay, cool. And Citizen Ed, just uh, quite worried, says, How serious were you when you said, no dates for anything ever again? Uh, pretty serious. Uh, uh, no, it, it's a, a tough line. Uh, obviously, you know, we, we said two weeks ago, May 29th, if everything goes well, you know, we, we kind of laid out the process. And everybody was still very upset when it didn't happen. It's hard to be more sure than that, so I'm, 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 I'm blanking on imagining a way we will announce the date again. But who knows? Well, and actually, you know, in this new process, I mean, could it be something like we would like to do it in, uh, in June, and then starting June 1, you start putting out your bug reports? That might work better to say we intend to release it in June, and then June 1, you just start putting that kind of simplified, sanitized bug report. Here's our blockers, you know, here's our critical, here's our laundry list of other stuff. And then, you know, we, everyone just sort of sees the progress and it sees it winding down. It's not a clock like a regular clock where the, t- the seconds tick by no matter what. It's, it's a clock that when things get done, the list gets shorter and then it releases. That's definitely a good way to do it. It's certainly something we'll look at next time we're in this position. Well, if that's what you end up doing next time, I'm taking all the credit, um, and uh, and that's and that's just it because you just, heard it here first. We get to the point where everyone is saying, "Where is it? Where is it? Where is it?" I'm happy to give you credit for process. That's <laughs> <laughs> Tony. That's Tony. It's Tony's fault. Yeah, just it, 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 it's, it. That's why we're doing it this way. It's his, it's his problem. Go talk to him. Complaints can be sent to Tony at cardfrequency.com. Irish Dude would like to know, when do we get Arena Commander t-shirts to buy? And uh, that he then begs, if possible, a date, please. <laughs> I can't give you a date, <laughs> uh, but they're in the works. I know Sandy has been arranging all that. And they're cool shirts. Maybe we should release Arena Commander before we sell the shirt. So, Ben, we've seen a lot of fan fiction in the verse. Any plans on incorporating any of those storylines, maybe in the Persistent Universe? Yeah, um, in fact, we have an open submission process for uh, fan fiction. David Ladyman, if you go to the fanfiction uh, forum, there's a process for contacting David Ladyman to basically pitch your stories as a canonical piece of Star Citizen fiction. So we, we, we definitely do want to uh, do the great fanfiction people right in our expanded universe and, and the, uh, the persistent universe because there's, there's going to be a lot of storylines that people need to helping us create. One of my hobbies was the foundry over in Star Trek Online. Deep in the crystal ball, are there plans to sort of make a mission generator uh, available to people to tinker with? Oh, yeah, you'll be able to take the, the whole game apart and do all sorts of things. And, put it, and plug it into the Persistent Universe? Yeah, I'm, well, um, I mean, we're doing the uh, freelancer model for the uh, private servers, so we certainly have complete control there. But then we're also, you know, we're coming up with a submission process for the Persistent Universe. So if you create a ship or a mod, I mean, our model is uh, Ultima Online. Back in the day, people would create these great Ultima Online tools, like there, there was an auto mapper, and they would eventually get incorporated into the game because they, they helped the experience so much uh, that we want to see with uh, our persistent universe. Obviously, right now, the focus is on Arena Commander, and everything that's coming out is to do with the delays and all that sort of stuff. But how is the rest of it getting on? How is the FPS module coming along, planet side, and, and so on? Very, very well. You know, we have different teams working on different things, so just because Arena Commander is taking a little bit longer doesn't mean that the first-person shooter is similarly delayed. As soon as Arena Commander comes out, we're going to start sharing some of that stuff with you because it is looking so cool. And once you get to fly this pure kind of arcade action part of the game, 
we then want to be able to show people and it's only going to get bigger. So, so expect to see more of that after the Arena Commander launch. And it is continuing development right now. The redacted team is crunching for the uh, FPS. With a lot of MMOs, certainly, um, it's quite common for developers to put like a little avatar of themselves, sneak them into the game. Have any of you guys got cameos, or is that anything planned for the Persistent Universe? Are we going to find, you know, like a, a, a space pilot Lesnick in a bar somewhere? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can buy a poster of Eric Peterson if you want. <laughs> that, that was always one of the coolest things that they did at Origin. That's my touchstone for a game developer. I remember, I think it's Ultima 5, you can find Chris Roberts, he's a farmer. I remember Wing Commander 1, they'll like mention that Colonel Roberts likes his tea. Bringing some of the real world into the fictional world. Uh, ben Lesnick, Voidseeker, would like to know, what about other racer models? The two current ships are both from Origin Jumpworks. Could there be an RSI entry? Maybe. Maybe. That was a maybe with meaning behind it. Are there more ships uh, slated uh, for consumption prior to release? Definitely there will be ships you have not seen yet. Certainly be ships we haven't imagined yet also. I think there will be more than two racing-specific ships in the Star Citizen universe. Maybe as uh, variants of existing ships or um, maybe some stuff that we haven't announced yet. Maybe. TM. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Mr. Lesnick. It's been a pleasure. I hope we can do this again sometime. Absolutely. I'm always available. Before we let you go, normally we like to turn the mic over to our guest and just give you a couple of minutes to let us know anything that you want to spill the beans on that we haven't asked a question for yet. So over to you, Ben. I don't have anything to spill the beans on, but as always, want to thank the community. It, it is the most incredible community in gaming. You guys make this game possible and... You make it so much more interesting than any other uh, game development process, and not not in a bad way. For all the uh, fighting and the disappointment when we delay, vast majority of people get it, and the ones who don't are upset because they're passionate about this game. We love you guys here at Cloud Imperium, and we could not ask for a better group of people to be making this game with. All right, Ben Lesnick from Cloud Imperium Games, thanks for stopping by, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. Awesome. Thank you for having me. All right, and now let's check out what you guys had to say and jump into the feedback loop. Okay, buddy, what's on your mind? We're all friendlies! So let's just be friendly! Show post at guardfrequency.com. Kukja says, I love this show, even though I don't play the game or knew everything about it, but you guys are the buzzer entertainments. Then Cookie Cupcakes, which is what we think her name should have been, says, Oh, and I'm not drunk. I'm trying to paint my nails. Good to know. Yes, yes. I'm still not convinced that she wasn't drunk. Sean Newboy totally agrees with CQ1 that an in-game broadcast of Guard Frequency would be a great idea. I totally agree. He also says, wonderful show, everyone. I can't wait for my VD to arrive. I think you have to go out and get it. I don't think it just comes to you. Say, I got some nice items from VD. Items? Plural. Good. <laughs> From our thread over at the RSI website forums, Captain Max says, champion show as always. And Fisticuffs exclaims, ha, very delightful opening piece. Felt very Vonty Dython. Vonty Dython. Dython. Was he painting his nails too? I I think so. No, I think it was a VD joke. Oh, another one? Another one. How could I possibly have missed that? (laughs) Saladin writes, pure genius, absolutely fun and original. My Tuesday morning ritual. Tony, did you do community theater or something? Smashing chaps. Absolutely smashing. Totally sorry, guys. Got snubbed by the podcast focus post. I gave you a shout out on the comments. Hope you'll be in the next one. Please keep up the great work. RSI disappoint me twice this week. No AC and shafting one of my favorite podcasts. 
I'm really not happy right now. Thanks for the dedication. See you in the verse someday before we die or 2944 actually rolls around. Captain Quirk popped in to say, I like the idea of this and other in-fiction or news for players being available in the game. I posted a comment in the Ask a Developer audio forum to have the ability when cruising long distances, etc., to have the ability to use Moby Glass or ship's displays and speakers to watch videos, read news and fiction, etc., and share our own or served music streams like The Bass to All On Board, our syndication partner, The Bass. Yes, very much so. Immersion is their goal, and having real folks delivering these things in-ship, in-game, should be possible. Love the traffic on this frequency. Keep it up. Well, thank you very much. And this is totally doable. Absolutely doable for them. From Twitter, Shiv mentioned that industrial waste hauling in Star Citizen could be an eSport. And Ranger XML replied, eSport of illegal waste disposal hauling? Can you avoid the regulators? Smiley uh-huh. face. I like that. No, like that. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's like moonshine running, only you're transporting deadly industrial toxic waste and you have to outrun the sheriff. Yes. I love it. Don't drink it. That'll be good. The Mac replied, wow, did not know about the Star Citizen Informer app. This thing is amazing. Shiv replies, has your app stopped getting notifications too? Certainly mine hasn't. Mine still notifies me of all the new articles and stuff. But yeah, Star Citizen Informer is a, an amazing, amazing app, and it's only going to get better from here on out. I downloaded it last week, too. It is, it's good. It's very nice. Whoever's doing the mobile web design for uh, uh, CIG ought to really take a look at this thing, because it's nice. Yes. Uh, Gizmozan writes in, thanks at Guard Freak for the amazing coffee. Uh, he's a senior visual effects artist uh, out there at CIG Austin. And you're welcome, CIG Austin. Shiv hunted down some local coffee from a local roastery and packaged it up and sent it down there to the team at Austin. Keep them hard at work and alert and edgy and nervous and aggressive. And, oh, sorry. Sorry. Thanks to Chivalry Bean and thanks to Gizmozan for uh, tweeting it out. And from Facebook, Mac McLeod. Gotta love this podcast. The intros are weird, but funny. Mike Foley starts with, Woo, been waiting for this. Uh, He comes back to later say, In my defense, all I'll say is that you guys do ask for feedback and comment. Uh Uh-oh, boys, brace yourselves. Here it comes. The hard, honest truth from a listener. Here we go. Tony, you managed to sound more British than Lennon at the start. Congrats. (laughs) I wasn't even really going for British there. That was more like, you know, old-timey Hollywood producer type. I wasn't even going for British. I I gotta be honest, I I don't even have a clue what this man here is talking about. (laughs) Well, you sound more Texan than I do, which is not at all. Okay. Then he goes on to say, so I just thought I'd share my thoughts on your comments regarding the release of the Fracken dogfighting module. He's he's a little higher class than we are. He's not going to go where we go. I figure CIG are worried that the dogfighting module has too many flaws, i.e. something that'll take a month or more to fix, which hopefully turns out not to be the case, and that the fickle among us will f- kick up a fuss, ask for refunds, and generally spread bad press. Imagine you know the story with Battlefield 4 and its many issues. Releasing the dogfighting module in a beta state, i.e. not an alpha state, is better for PR and has better chance of attracting new people and making more money. I'm like you, though. I want some luster, day, how about says? <laughs> does have a good point. Obviously, if it's in a more stable release, then the better a chance for PR and the more you're likely yeah. to draw people in. I think you kind of alluded to that on one episode where you said that it almost seems as if Chris feels the weight of the pioneering think, yeah. trend of setting a non-publisher-funded game he feels that I he do. has to do everything really correctly. Do. Yeah. And Chris is a hell of a perfectionist anyway. So I, oh, I think sure. 
a hell of a perfectionist. Killing him. Yeah, it really. I mean, if you if you look at the guy, um, somebody did quite a, a cool comparison. Um, they took a screenshot of the latest ten for the chairman, and then a screenshot of Chris when he appeared in his Kickstarter video, and uh, sort of effectively, he looks as if he's aged about fifteen years over the course <laughs> oh, of twelve oh, months. Poor guy. So I'm sure oh, it's just yeah, I'm sure it's just lack of sleep, and you know he'll be fine once it gets released, yeah. and then he only has to worry about the first person shooting module and. And the oh, planet sure, side module, yeah. and then and, and then the economy, and then the economy, yeah. and then the persistent universe, yeah. and then right, Squadron Forty Two. So, do they have a death in service benefit at CRG? We also got a couple of unorthodox pieces of feedback. One from Ava Benary, winner of our tickets we gave away last week for the next great Starship finale. He writes in and says, "Wow, super excited to win! I actually heard my name in the podcast while listening at work. I had to go back and listen a few times to make sure I'd heard it right." Now, just to make the travel arrangements, I knew those frequent flyer miles would come in handy. And we also hear from Michael Moreland, apparently the uh, wingman's hanger, producer, director, cameraman, voiceover artist, etc., etc., is deep in the process of making his new fan show. It's called Galactic Inquiry. You can visit galacticinquiry.com to see a teaser video. I mean, the guy's, he's just abusive, not even a Rick Astley Rickroll. But go check out that teaser trailer he's got over at galacticinquiry.com. Well, does our show help you count fluffy little freelancers as you drift to sleep? Or do we keep you up at night wondering just how much we need to improve? Well, either way, let us know. Here are some ways you can get in touch with us. Check out our forum post at forums.robertspaceindustries.com. You can leave a comment on this episode's show notes at guardfrequency.com. And you can also subscribe to us at feeds.guardfrequency.com or just find us on iTunes. You can hit us up on Twitter at GuardFreak or leave a comment and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash GuardFreak. And if you're old school like us, shoot us an email to squawk, that's S-Q-U-A-W-K, at guardfrequency.com. Your feedback is an important part of what we do, so take a minute, tell us what's on your mind. And that brings us to the end of episode 25 of Guard Frequency. We'll be back with episode 26 on the 10th of June. Another big one as we bring you our coverage of the next great Starship finale. So be sure to keep an eye out for our episodes over at guardfrequency.com or our post over at the Robert Space Industries fansite subforum. Please send us your feedback about the show. Aside from all the ways we just ran down in the feedback loop, you can hit the contact form at the top of our website. All the details for all of our contact methods will be in the show notes. Uh, do you like what we do here? Do you want to come over and join our team? If so, send a note to squawk at guardfrequency.com. We are always on the lookout for talented individuals, and right now we're seeking an audio engineer to come and join us and help us make the best damn space sim podcast ever. So if you have a creative itch that needs scratching, then get in touch. The email address is squawk at guardfrequency.com. And if you're looking for a friendly wingman or two, check out our organization, <laughs> Guard Frequency Response, at the official RSI website, robertspaceindustry.com forward slash orgs forward slash guardfreak. And if you're not doing anything Saturday night, join us here live at guardfrequency.com forward slash live, 8 p.m. Central, 2 a.m. Sunday, GMT. We want to thank the entire team over at Guard Frequency and Priority One Productions. Thanks to our community manager, Jay Chivalry Bean, and artist, Simon Charlton Edwards. Special thanks to Ben Lesnick from CIG for stopping by to talk to us about Arena Commander, which hopefully you all have by the time you download this show. And special thanks to Chivalry Bean for stopping by and helping us out with Nuggets for Nuggets this week. Thanks to our syndication partner, The Bass, and special thanks to Ronald Jenkins for his permission to use his music in our show. Visit ronaldjenkins.com for more of his work. But above all, we especially want to thank you folks for tuning in. If there's no one listening out there, the deep black gets pretty lonely. Reduce thrust. Squawk 7700. Stay on the guard.
This is episode 25, and it was... So, so all you guys there in the chat roll, put put good questions down there, uh, and we'll we'll see, questions that Ben can answer. Not like what did Chris have for lunch today? Although, what uh, did Chris so have for lunch today, Ben? Yeah, I, I haven't seen not Chris like today, so I'm I'm not sure. No, normally, I would be able to tell you. Travis Day asks, "What did Chris eat for?" Hey, Travis, stop, <laughs> Travis. You'll get your turn on the podcast. Well, in this week's Squawk Box, we check out an in-game. In- no, we don't. No, we don't. I need to learn to read. Shiv, you're kind of bouncing in and out. I don't know if anybody else is here. Yeah, I am. But you're, yeah. a couple of words are cutting off. Oh, okay, hold on. I will fix. Uh, we'll make some good radio while Justin adjusts his levels, gets his technical details ironed out. Anybody know any inappropriate jokes? Go away. We don't need you anymore. Forget it. We're just going to do 30 minutes of this. Okay, so take it from the top, from The Lamp. The Lamp? Well, you could say more than that if you wanted to. You could say, like, The Lamp, and, like, you could add words also. Feel free. I don't want to step on your artistic freedom, though. He's he's well-known among the ladies, but it's tough for debate whether he gets around a lot or he just gets rejected a lot. Maybe he's mm. got VD. Maybe he does, Jeff. Maybe he does. Also, as uh, we will find out in... Uh, never mind. Beep beep. Also, <laughs> <laughs> just blooper yourself. Thank you. He just bloopered himself. <laughs> Nicely done, Shiv. In ten for the chairman, episode twenty-one. Chris takes out. <clears throat> Chris takes out everybody. Chris, takes, Chris takes out everybody. <laughs> Why isn't the dog fighting module ready? <laughs> bang 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 bang. Uh, yes, yes. Get to get your Kleenexes out, boys. <laughs> You know, for an audio engineer, you're really good at doing it all by yourself. Your 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 whole body is a sound effect, Lennon. I, I appreciate That's that. That's not the Thank first time you. I've been told that. <laughs> Probably won't be the last. Please tell all me right. you didn't have chili uh, so tonight. Yeah, get out your. <laughs> I did, but I have a mute button, so it's fine. Uh, excellent day. We're we're covered. We are totally covered. Then. Covered in VD. All right. <laughs> I said it before. I said it before you did, Lennon. I knew you were thinking. No, no, no. It was, uh, you just brought me back because when we did the prelude, Shivery being sent a message saying the best place to get VD is in the meat tubes. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, we forgot to talk to Lesnick about VD never being funny. How did, how did we, not funny. how did we how forget did we that? miss that? Ben, how if you're listening, get back in the chat room. We need to, we need yes, to. Yes, we need to talk, we need to We need to talk VD. to you about VD. Because if you don't talk to your yes. kids about VD, who will? No one will. Yeah, exactly. 